It's 15 to 9 o'clock. You're with Cameron on the Brecky Show. We've been speaking to uh, local councillors earlier in the day and we're talking right now to Adam Marshall, the member for Northern Tablelands and also New South Wales Minister for Agriculture. He's been very concerned about the Queensland border closures and we might talk about that. How are you going, Adam? Yeah, not too bad, Cameron, not too bad. Bit, uh, a bit frustrated like I think everyone is in the northern part of the region at the moment with, as you said, the, uh, yeah. the, the sudden and quite ridiculous um, border closure. Yeah, I keep getting people uh, calling me up that live around the border saying that, you know, they have doctor's appointments in Gundawindi that they can't get to and, you know, health workers that also work in Queensland. I think it's causing a nightmare for everyone. Yeah, and, and this is the point, right? Um, <clears throat> everyone understands that <clears throat> Queensland government... Excuse me. Just as the New South Wales government does, has a responsibility to protect its residents and its citizens from the COVID nineteen pandemic. And mm. and in a way, I mean, we've been through this before to a lesser degree with a previous border closure that Queensland did. But at that time, there were sensible exemptions to allow uh, people that live in those border communities to continue to undertake their their essential business and their their daily lives, whether it's getting groceries. Um, going to a doctor's appointment, getting to and from school, um, seeing your, um, uh, you know, seeing your accountant to get your tax done—all yeah. of those basic things that the rest of us take for granted and, and are able to do completely unfettered. And what Queensland has done last week, rather suddenly, without any notice, and really, to be quite frank, without any health justification, i.e., even the health experts acknowledge that there's no need to have a hard border with New South Wales, particularly the northern part of New South Wales, because we just haven't got any COVID-19 cases and haven't done for months. Mm -hmm. But also, even if you do have a hard border, the perverse way that they've chosen to define the border zone, where you leave out communities like North Star, Cropper Creek, uh, Taluna, so that they are trapped, they cannot get into Queensland to do their shopping, send their kids to school, mm -hmm. do the basic things. And then across the other side of, of my patch, away from your listening area, we've got this really ridiculous situation where <clears throat> Tenterfield is, is included in the border zone, as it should be, mm -hmm. uh, but, but Urbanville, which is only 12 kilometres from the Queensland border, is not regarded as a border community by the Queensland <laughs> government. Um, uh -huh. But it gets worse than that, Cameron, because if you live, let's say, in Bogabilla, which is in the border zone, if you want to go to Queensland, you can under exemption. But if you then come to Moree outside the border zone to undertake, you know, maybe you've got a, you know, got an appointment with a uh, dentist or a medical professional or something, for example, then you cannot get back into Queensland for 14 days because you're deemed by their government to have visited a hotspot. Look, yeah. this is ridiculous. I am absolutely fuming about this. And what concerns me most, most of all, is the fact that for the first time in many years due to drought, we've actually got a reasonably good harvest coming up. Yeah. And if we don't... The Queensland government doesn't relent and allow at least contractors and agronomists and agricultural workers to come across the border, then it's going to cruel us in our first opportunity coming out of drought but it's also going to cruel Queensland people as well. And this is the thing, it's, it's hurting them as much as it's hurting us. But, um, so I'm continuing to battle away with the Queensland Premier, the Deputy Premier, pretty much anyone that I can get to pick up the phone or read an email, and, and I'm not going to stop. And, and I know all the councils and all the other members of Parliament, federal and state, are doing their bit as well to try and get the Queensland Government to, to see some sense.
And have you had any Queensland politicians that you've spoken to that agree with you and think that the border closure is too harsh? Yes, I've, I've spoken a number of times to my Queensland counterpart, the Minister for Agriculture up there, um, and um, uh, he, he certainly uh, gets it and certainly doesn't defend uh, the decision that's been made. But, I mean, if you, if you peel back all the, uh, all the rhetoric, the, the reality is, sadly, Cameron, that the Queensland government goes to an election in October this year. Yeah. This, this hard border approach similar to the Trumpian style build a wall to keep the Mexicans out <laughs> in the US plays very well politically and domestically within Queensland. Unless mm. you're a Queensland border resident, most of Queensland probably don't give a stuff. In fact, they yeah. probably love the fact that their premiers shut the border to keep these southerners <laughs> out that are riddled with COVID-19. I mean, that's the rhetoric that's being pumped out in the media throughout Queensland. So it, it probably plays politically very well. And, and with an election in October, um, mm. I doubt very much that the Queensland Premier will relent too much on the restrictions. But I tell you what, if they don't relent in relation to health issues, there's going to unfortunately be a situation where they're going to find it very hard to staff a lot of their hospitals yeah. because a lot of their staff live on our side of the border. And I would hate to see someone who needs medical treatment denied that because of this border and potentially lose a life. And I think they need to be very, very careful impacting border communities about schooling and harvest and, and going to the dentist, that's one thing. But when you're restricting people getting across the border for necessary medical treatment, that is a whole new level of, right. uh, of arrogance. And uh, I, think, uh, I think they're going to come undone. Yep. And on a more positive note, Bingara is set to get a showground upgrade. Yeah, some positive news, Cameron. Um, Bingara Showground's getting a bit over a $25,000 grant from the state government just to do some um, odds and ends maintenance work. They've got a new cool room uh, that they need to install uh, in, uh, uh, in their kitchen area. And they've got some upgrades to some toilets and some amenities. Uh, for replacing some electrical lights around the showground. It's, it's one of those uh, unique showgrounds because it's not only busy because it's a showground and there's pony club and all sorts of other things use it, but that's where the, the thoroughbred race course is as well. It's a race course and a showground, bit like bit like the Mungandai showground, actually. Um, so it's a very busy uh, hive of activity in the local community and the region, the broader, wider region. So um, this money will be put to very good use. Um, just doing a few of those um, maintenance tasks that have uh, fallen by the wayside the last mm -hmm. few years. And you sent me something earlier in the week about the Public Spaces Legacy Program. What's all that about? Yeah, it's an opportunity for councils, uh, like Maury Plainshire Council, for instance, to apply for um, up to $2 million dollars worth of grants just for Moray Plains uh, Shire Council area uh, to upgrade public parks and public spaces. This is part of the COVID-19 stimulus program, but it's mm -hmm. also tied to councils that have been participating in the state government's e-planning process. That is that they've, they have adopted a system which allows the complete DA process to be done digitally, which actually fast-tracks approvals and allows development to occur quicker. And for those councils that have done that, like Moree, the reward from the state government is that they get to access up to $2 million per council area that's adopted this planning process to actually upgrade 
their parks, gardens and community spaces, mm-hmm. including sporting fields. So um, I know Moree Place and Shire Council will be submitting some projects for that funding, as will other councils in our region, which, which are eligible as well. No worries. Well, thank you so much for your time this morning, Adam. Uh, best of luck with trying to get the uh, Queensland border issues sorted out and hopefully people that, that uh, live along those border areas can you know, pass freely between the two states. Thanks for joining us today. No worries, Cameron. Talk next week.